Welcome to Equipped, a podcast by Connection Church. Equipped is a conversation about multiplying gospel community and fueling spiritual growth. We have one clear goal, to equip leaders to multiply. We want to help people follow Jesus, make disciples, lead small groups, and plant churches. My name is Jordan Thickpen, and I'll be leading you through today's conversation. Let's get equipped. everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you guys for being with us today. I'm joined by a very special guest, Greg Gibson. Say hello to the people, Greg. Hey guys, Jordan. Thanks so much for having me today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, Greg is uh, currently planting a church. This is his uh, fourth church plant that he has been a part of and helped lead. And he was uh, the lead pastor that I worked for in planting Veritas City Church in Washington, D.C., uh, he is a good friend. He's a coach to me. He is um, he is somebody I really look up to. And also, we have a lot of fun together. We do a lot of fun stuff. And um, we've been, I've been able to come up to D.C. for the weekend. Uh, we are working on something new together um, that's called SALT. I want to start with SALT. I want uh, my Connect Group leaders and the people that listen from our church uh, to hear from you. What is SALT all about? Yeah, well... Thank you for that introduction. And again, thank you for asking me to be on this podcast. It is a real honor. And um, when it comes to the question of what is salt, uh, salt was born from a burden to see the culture of the church change in Eastern Europe. And and so uh, in 2019, um, I met a guy named Timofey Dovgaluk who was doing ministry for years specifically in Ukraine. And he invited me for the first time to go to uh, Ukraine. And I was there for just a few days assessing a church planter who we thought or who he thought could lead this work. And um, those three days, the way I kind of say it is that I came back and uh, I couldn't shake this Ukrainian pebble from my shoe. And God began to connect my heart, not only to the work, but to the people. And I began to see the need for planting healthy churches towards the Russian speaking world, but also seeing how the Russian speaking world um, and or Ukrainian speaking world can multiply to unreached places. And so when you look at Romania, Ukraine, kind of in that area, Western Ukraine, it really becomes the Bible belt of Europe. And there's a lot of opportunity to, to help the church be healthy and then multiply the church in a healthy way, not only around Eastern Europe, Europe, but towards the nations. Right. So SALT exists to train pastors to plant churches that serve the nations. And, and, and our, our whole uh, way that we do that is through gospel-driven leadership development. Mm. I love that. I, I've loved, I love so much about the, the clarity of SALT. I love the, the scope of what we're trying to accomplish. I'm really excited about, I mean, just even, so yesterday, Greg was kind of bringing me on an onboarding process for uh, some of the work that, that I'll be helping with SALT for this upcoming year. And to see 
the backlog really at this point of people that need to go through assessment that um, need to then kind of experience placement with a coach and to be brought on uh, to have some clarity from their end. There's uh, this the backlog of people to be assessed. That's really I'm really excited about that. Um, and then to see Ukraine, Poland, Western Europe, of uh, a brother in Georgia, um, not the state guys, the country. Uh, and, you know, th- even, and, and a lot of this for my Connection Church people, this dovetails with everything we're doing with James, who came and spent a month with us in, uh, in Statesboro from the Philippines to see um, this partnership form with him from a gospel-centered DNA and from a leadership place. He's already kind of at a place where, you know, his whole future is in front of him of multiplying that type of a leader in the Philippines. And so, um, what the sometimes the local church can't fully offer, you know, we from a, a bankroll and from a funding standpoint, and even from um, <clears throat> the, I, the way I would say it is that like the connection church DNA <clears throat> can't exactly translate into the Philippines, but the salt DNA can. And that's what I felt like James needed. So that's where it kind of overlaps for us as connection church. Uh, that I'm really excited about. And and even more, there's going to be a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. And I'm excited about you being a part of the SALT team and serving and coming alongside of of many pastors and assessing, um, developing, coaching, and, and so much more. If you had to kind of give an, an invitation to uh, my small group leaders, even at our church, how could um, a small group leader and their small group um, maybe one, get a taste of salt or two, um, how could they contribute and get involved with salt? I think uh, an easy way uh, is to think in just terms of the the missionary triad, right? Of pray, uh, give, go. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's, let's start with low hanging fruit with, with salt, right? So, so salt is coming alongside of of pastors in in gospel driven leadership development. However, um, what we are offering to churches is to come alongside of those pastors in ways that they can, that's appropriate to their season. When I mean churches in in, in North America, the the resources that that these churches in North America have, and then like you said, the DNA that that they might operate within within their specific context as well. So, you know, f- for instance, if we're going to apply that to Connection Church and now Connection Church small group leaders, um, it would be amazing for Connection Church small group leaders to know about mm-hmm. church planters who are working tirelessly and aggressively uh, to see churches planted all around Eastern Europe, all around South Asia, um, and and the like, right? And so, being able to to know who they are, hear their stories, pray for them. Uh, an, another way is to um, to to go and to serve them. Not everyone's going to go to Ukraine right now, mm-hmm. but we do have we we're working with Ukrainian refugee families um, who are being pastored by Ukrainian. Uh, pastor in Poland, in Germany, uh, in France, right now in Georgia, and in so many different places. Again, the country, not the state, uh, and and so 
So there's opportunities to go and serve these church plants as well. Um, and, and I think, I think those, are, those are ways that we want to bring awareness to the church planting work that's happening all over the world through SALT for, for churches in North America to, to connect in an easy way. Yeah, and I would add, I would add too for us as Connection Church, we're going to take a trip to go see James uh, in the Philippines, still working out and ironing out some of the dates. Um, but that would be a great way to both go and now revisit with him um, and see him and support his work. Um, and you know, that's going to be a salt trip, meaning like the the same ethos of what we're trying to help form in him as a leader bringing a serve team or a mission right. team to come and serve him and their people um it'll be i mean it, it'll it's no different than just taking a normal mission trip for us um but it'll have that twofold uh dynamic of it being something that serves from a salt standpoint and from a connection church standpoint so if what Greg described with his work and with our work with SALT um, and with the broader church planting work, if that got you excited, then this mission trip will get you doubly excited because we're going back to see that type of a leader and establish that type of work, which will be really exciting. Um, I love what James is doing in the Philippines and think really highly of him. So, um, but let's get into, so Greg has was a part of a, a church plant that, was um, it was a lot like Connection Church, but in in East Tennessee, um, and from there planted Veritas out of Connection Church, which was planting a church in Washington D.C. in Georgetown. Um, <clears throat> huge, huge culture swing, huge culture swing from East Tennessee, which between Nashville and Knoxville, those are are typically research describes as two of the most reached areas in North America. Um, to Washington, D.C., to the most wealthy elite portion of uh, with Georgetown, a just, you know, universally known, extremely hard to reach place. Um, and we got to um, several hundred folks joining us there for that work um, and, and, and um, really proud of everything that we did with Veritas to moving back to Tennessee during the pandemic to start uh, a Foothills Bearden campus. Um, and then now is going is back in Washington D.C. If this feels, sounds a little echoey, it's because we're in in Greg's basement here in Loudoun County, uh, and because he's here now planting a new church called Nations Church. And so um, I wanted to bring to bear his experience in um, in a large church setting, in a church plant setting that became a large church setting, uh, in church planting work and brand new core team work. Uh, to, I wanted to bring some of that leadership expertise to bear on our small group leaders and other people that kind of listen in that are, are really foundational people to our church. Um, what is, in, in your mind, what, what makes a successful small group leader. When you think, let's just start kind of very general and we'll kind of whittle down to maybe some more specific stuff. Yeah, so no particular order here. Um, I think a successful small group leader is someone who is growing themselves. So they have a, a, a desire to grow, a plan to grow. Um, you know, they're not only growing in discipleship in their walk with Jesus, but they're growing in their development as a small group leader. 
So the plan to grow is kind of two bullet points, right? Discipleship and development. Then I think they're they're committing uh, to being present and available. So with their time, with their talents and their resources. So they're opening up not only a night of the week, uh, that's beyond the Sunday gathering commitment, right? Uh, but they're also looking at Sunday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, um, probably in the South, it's like Sunday night, Wednesday night, mm-hmm. you know, small group culture. And, uh, that, and then they're, they're committing to that being a consistent thing as well. Right. And, and, and so, um, and not only that, maybe another bullet point within this is, is that, uh, I think, a a good small group leader is, is committing to other they're scheduled to, to other parts of uh, the week as well when it comes to engaging in um, the families that they are serving and leading, right? So there, there, will, there will be needs that come up that orbit the week or orbit life where a small group leader can't say, oh, I'm too busy. No, God has entrusted you as a small group leader. Um, these people, right? So somebody has a birthday, somebody has an anniversary, somebody had a baby, somebody got sick, all of those types of things begin to yeah. overlap in your calendar. You know, overlap in your calendar. I think, uh, it, I think also it just depends on what kind of small group you're leading. Um, I remember at one point I was leading a small group of, of young kids. So we were at tons of birthday parties. <laughs> we were also at tons of like, you know, uh, kid basketball games and soccer games right. that weren't our kids. Right. We were going and, and intentionally engaging yeah. and, and loving families who were, who were a part of, of what we were doing. So, and, so yeah. these, these families, like you didn't really like them. You weren't really in a relationship with them. You just were going to their <laughs> kids games as a missional strategy. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's both and right. It's, uh, it's, you, I'm, I'm you learn winking, to love. I'm winking at Greg because, uh, you know, that's not how it works, right? Like that's your, those become, it's indis- it's almost indistinguishable between the people that are your friends and the people like that you don't, you don't describe it to them as, oh, I'm just, I'm living incarnationally, or uh, this is my missiological strategy. No, you're just, you care for them, you love them, and they're in your life. And so it makes sense. Saturday, we're going to go watch your upward soccer game, or uh, Monday night, we're going to go to your birthday party. Um, That's just part of the relationship. But I love the way Greg described that, that that's, part of what God has entrusted to you to, to do that those things make a difference. Yeah. When I talk to small group leaders, regardless of context, it's, I lead with stewardship commitment, right? Like what are you committing to steward here? And, and, and a lot of small group leaders are kind of coming towards small group leadership with thinking about knowledge. What do I know about the Bible? Do I have enough? Here we go. You know, um, uh, theological education or whatever mm-hmm. to be able to speak into someone's life, lead a Bible study in my living room. And, and I always lead with, you know, stewardship commitment because we're not necessarily asking. And, and I'm imagining this is the case at Connection Church, you to be biblical scholars as small group leaders. Yeah. What we're asking you is to be present in the lives of people that you're leading. At it, at the, if you're thinking about it from a pie chart standpoint, <clears throat> at its biggest, the commitment to 
like, you know, emphasizing biblical knowledge and understanding, it never takes up more than a third of the pie chart at its biggest, right? Because you've got the head, the heart, and the hands. And for the way that you serve your small group, for I know for a lot of small group leaders, and and I and I don't have anybody at, at Connection Church right now in particular, but just sort of the overarching my experience with small groups, which has been a lot of what I've pastored um, in my ten years in ministry. That um, that's you know that certainly lean like well I got to I got to prep for a small group to teach the scriptures or right. to facilitate the questions and. When really, I think the best small group leaders, which I, I have a lot more of these than I have of the, the first thing that I was describing, is that they're extremely relational. They're in each other's lives. They, and, you know, and I don't, we'll talk about this in a second. There's a little bit of that that gives them a lot of trepidation about multiplication because mm-hmm. they're like, I can't imagine not having so and so in my small group on, so, on such and such night. You know, uh, I can't imagine now not being in this group together um, because at a heart and at a hands level, now they're very united. Um, and that's, if I was going to say one one takeaway from even what Greg is saying so far, I hope you hear is you, what you know is important. There's a baseline need for what you need to understand about um, the Bible. And I would say largely it's a clear understanding of what the gospel is. Uh, but beyond that, a small group leadership setting, a lot of times, I'm not sure, let me go find out, is an acceptable leadership answer in facilitating small groups, in my world anyway. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I, think, I think like there's, there's like a one-sentence job description maybe for small group leaders universally that I would say to, to any small group leader at any church in any context is that you're, you're like a... a a first line of defense in modeling, right? The DNA of the church. Mm. So, so if small group leaders understand the DNA of connection church, then they're, they're modeling it to the people that they're leading. And then the people in small groups are catching it so that, you know, and so, so, so it's almost like these are our, our, um, our, our little army as it were, right. Of, of small group leaders um, who are in, in some ways taking more ground in the hearts of people uh, with how they're living. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's the idea that, that I would always want a small group leader to see is like, Hey, you, you've got home base over here. You got headquarters mm-hmm. and, and we're equipping you. Um, we're resourcing you and we're, we're really sending you right into this, uh, this community known as a neighborhood, right? <laughs> or, in, or in Ukraine, a village uh, or, wh- or wherever, or, or in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. right? A, a townhome area um, or whatever it might be to then model what we're attempting to teach and live out as a church overall, right? right? And, and I think that would be like the, the overall one sentence, like mm-hmm. macro job description, and then, and then you kind of bring in bullet point categories of like what's appropriate to the context. Right. Now, that's really good. Like model, mo- model, because that's, oh man, so good. So you want to model <clears throat> the church's overall DNA and ethos and culture um, 
within that small group setting. And what we say a lot with for our small group leaders is the the primary goal of our small groups is not to to carry the weight of counseling, to carry the weight of spiritual formation and discipleship, um, or to um, or to solve your friend problem. It is to create community with right. Christ at the center of that. Right. Um, some of those things will happen organically, but really, what it turns into is a a an, an establishment of relationships that make those other things, the counsel that you need, the friendships that you need, the the biblical knowledge and discipleship that you need. It creates the context that that can happen outside of group. But the best thing that a group can do is create community that is, and that, and you know, obviously what defines that community is the culture that everyone is catching of. And it should be consistent, should be consistent from Sunday morning to um, to a, a night of the week from a relational standpoint, not from a, you know, I'm not saying you need to turn turn on Chase Buchanan music or connection worship or or insert your favorite worship team. Mine's for sure Chase Buchanan music uh, and connection worship or connection music. <laughs> but that's uh, that shout out to the home team. Um, but the that's not to like recreate a Sunday morning experience other than the relationships, right? That's the place that it really begins to make a big difference. So, um, yeah. So I think, I think when it comes to small group leadership, uh, also a good small group leader realizes they're not a pastor. Mm. So if you are a small group leader and you are being pastored by a pastor, I would want you to know that the one sentence job description, going back to that phrase, one sentence job description, I like that because it creates clarity and definition, makes it simple. But of a pastor would be to equip the saints for the work of ministry, mm-hmm. right? Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 and 12. So hopefully Pastor Jordan here is, is doing what he's doing with this podcast to equip you, mm-hmm. the saints for the work of ministry. Um, but also knowing you are not a pastor. So you are you are being you're being entrusted uh, this this time, these people mm-hmm. um, to, you know, uh, these resources to steward, um, and and I, I say I say you're you're not a pastor intentionally, but also to say there still should be some kind of of growth plan, mm-hmm. development plan, right for those you are leading, but then having. Uh, your pastoral team, right? Um, as your fallback, as your um, kind of foundation there, right? Mm-hmm. So as you're doing life together, it it's not all, and we know this, basketball games, kids' birthday parties, you know, barbecues in the backyard. What orbits that is mess mm-hmm. because we, you know, are, are serving saved people who are still sinners, um, and we're 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 seeing hopefully more of Christ and less sin in their life. Um, but as a small group leader, what I would always want small group leaders to know is that I'm not entrusting you to be their pastor. Mm-hmm. I'm entrusting you to come alongside, right, and serve and lead in different ways. Um, but you have me as someone who is pastoring both you and the group. And in, in, in many ways, you're an extension of my pastoral voice, yeah. but you're not the pastoral voice. Yeah. And I hope, I hope my small group leaders hear that and realize how one wise that is. And two, 
that I hope that sounds like less pressure on you. And that's not, the point. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, yeah. That, and that's when I say that to past to small group leaders, you know, I, I, I see like the tension go out of the training. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. All right. I'm not, I'm not expected here to like walk into the, the really hard stuff. Right. And it's and, okay and, for it to be out of your depth for some of that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and so those, those clear definitions, right, are, are so important. And what it does, it, it releases the small group leader to lead in their gift set. And what I would say, too, is a big part of what Greg is saying that I would want my small group leaders to know and understand is that the best small group leaders are building relationships and community with the people in their small group, but you stay in relationship with me as your pastor. That you, you, you a lot of times I, I find our small group leaders that, there's a handful that will begin to take on a covert operation, special forces mentality of like, all right, my church is entrusted to me, this group of people, and I've got to do everything for them. I've got to create community. And like, it's just like a, like, not, not just not great about reporting back about what's going on, not asking for help, not bringing us in on things, not, showing up to uh, to to connect group leader rallies or not just staying in relationship with the staff, whether it's me, whether it's Morgan, whether it's John, whether it's Austin, just feeling like, okay, they've anointed me as a small group leader. So that must mean that like I am out here on my own. Um, and I, I, I say that lovingly with a shepherd's heart of one of the best things you could do is maintain your relationship with your group, but also a tight relationship with us on staff because that we are here to help and serve you. Um, so you, we are not commissioning you out as a pastor uh, to to take care of your little flock off in whatever portion of Statesboro. So please, yeah, please say something fast. My throat's got to tickle. No, I, <laughs> I think, uh, I think that is, that is really important when it comes to understanding you know, the job description of a, of a small group leader. Um, and, and I think also a, a good, you know, if we're, if we're kind of diving into this, this, what is a good small group leader question that you led with, um, man, I, I think a, a good small group leader is also thinking about multiplication, you know? And so, you know, if you're, if you're a small group leader, listen to this and you're, you're like, man, all I can do with my time is make sure our host home or my house is clean and, and we're prepared and we have snacks and, and, and even that is feeling like we're, you know, we're, we're drowning a little bit, kind of treading water, you know, in the ocean with some bowling balls kind of stuff. <laughs> um, that's okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Like let's, let's celebrate that. Let's, let's lean into that. Let's create some consistency and rhythms around this, but let's not stay there. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if, if you're finding yourself, um, overwhelmed and we're, we're kind of pushing this multiplication accelerator forward. Uh, I would want you to see that as an aspirational goal, not like you have to multiply, you have to multiply, you have to multiply, but, but you're being faithful to steward what's been entrusted to you. And as God brings about growth in your small group and particularly numeric growth for multiplication, now we can begin to start thinking about multiplication, right? right? But but having that always as as what we're aiming for, 
pointing towards, man, I've led so many small groups that have, that have had just different experiences. And uh, I remember, I remember at one point at one of the first churches I was at, um, uh, the first church plants I was at, we, we were leading a, a small group of college and young adults. And for three months, it was me, my wife, and one other girl, one other like young, young pro, right? And, and she would come for three months and the three of us would just have dinner together. So, so our small group was just, was basically dinner, right? Yeah. Uh, this is when the church was like 50 to 75 people mm. at the beginning. And, and, uh, and, and we would then like have a discussion on a book that we were reading and then we, we would play like a board game or something and she would kind of hang out. So we, we had our, our, our daughter was, was less than one year old at the time. <laughs> right. So, so it was very easy, but then, then all of a sudden, and, oh, by the way, I lived in a one bedroom apartment at the time, wow. but then all of a sudden, so we did that for three months and then there was a tipping point and then like four people came and then some more people came and then by month five, there was 35 people in my apartment, <laughs> right? And, 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 and we haven't developed leaders. We hadn't developed culture. We hadn't developed DNA. There was really like, we should have multiplied, but I didn't like have the, the skeleton to multiply. Mm-hmm. And so, so what we did was we, as, as people started to come in, we started every small group with, this is amazing. We're, we're so glad that so many people are coming our goal is to create two, maybe three, maybe four groups out of this group. But what we're going to do for the next, you know, X amount of weeks is this play. And, and then we're going to cast vision towards how this one young adult small group will become two, three, four young adult small groups. That's beautiful. We've, we have had that problem over the years at different times at Connection Church, for sure, where one small group just balloons and what I noticed, and this was really before my time of, of serving on staff. I, I remember this when I was a college student when I had just gotten saved, but the I, I remember those times and there's sort of two macro problems that developed. One, we didn't have enough small group leaders for more people to get into community, right? So that's the one problem. But then the small group leaders that did exist looked at the people that had 35 and thought, what am I doing wrong? Right. Because I've only got five. Yeah. And I I would want our small group leaders to know that's that growing a group to 35 is not necessarily the goal. That has its own set of problems and issues. um, And that is not the picture of success. But um, a group of five that has a clear goal to multiply and they are sending out a leader or two at a time to start new connect groups, that is success. Yeah. Um, and I would say, I would want to go back to one thing Greg said that what I felt like the Lord put on my heart to say is that before multiplication makes it to your to-do list, it's got to make it to your prayer list. Um, you need to, That becomes a, an aspirational prayer goal before it becomes a to-do list goal. So this is not, and we've beaten this drum. I've, I've done multiple episodes on multiplication and, and why it matters. And that's what this whole podcast is about. But I hope yet again that you hear us say, it's got to be a move of God in somebody's life for them to go out and multiply. And now we have strategies, resources, curriculum, meetings, culture, and a partnership to bring them into. Right. 
but God's got to move in their heart to see it happen before, um, you know, and you can see it as a leader. That's what makes it kind of hard. It's like, I, yeah, I can tell you things that you're looking for, for a multiplying leader, things that you should begin to identify for a leader that could be a person that goes out and multiplies a small group. But it ultimately, it's got to be something that they really hear from the Lord themselves. Um, and there's a whole you know, theology of the Holy Spirit for why that's important that we'll do another time. But for you, when you think about a, uh, anything else on that before we kind of shift gears? I, no, I, I think, I think you, <laughs> you said it. And the, the emphasis there is what we're defining as success. Mm-hmm. What, you know, what, is, what do the small group leaders see as success? And, and of course, you've defined that for them. It sounds like faithfulness is one of those things. Um, but I think multiplication should also be one of those things, right? Yeah. So though, though we might not be throwing fuel on the fire um, to a new small group to, to multiply immediately, that should always be in the conversation. It should always be aspirational. Because if, 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 if it is, then we are actually working to do what Jesus asked us to do, which is to make disciples, right? Who make disciples, who make disciples, who make disciples. So when right. we're, we're engaging in that way, I think, I think that's the, the goal. Um, but it shouldn't be so overwhelming that it's like the only measurement of success, like you said. One thing that <clears throat> we, we as a church collectively, not just myself, but collectively, we have gotten a lot of clarity about is that small group multiplication is not grow the group to a certain size, then split it in half and voila, now you've got two groups. That is, I say, I say that's division. That's the opposite of multiplication. That's division. Um, what multiplication is for us is letting the Spirit of God begin to, um, th- through, make sure this is tethered together, through the small group leadership, the community that you create, the things that you celebrate, the, uh, the culture that you celebrate and participate in, um, begins to create a, an atmosphere of multiplication. And then the Spirit of God moves in someone's heart that says, hey, you know that culture that this group is celebrating? You're the answer to that prayer. You're the answer to that celebration. And I want you to go and start a new small group. Um, and that's, that's you know, th- but it's not like, all right, let's build this group to 20 and now let's choose teams. And 10 of us are going to go this way, 10 of us are going to go that way. Um, that's not that's not our culture as far as multiplication. But um, let's think about sort of in the context of um, you're leading a small group. Uh, you've gotten, and we can, you know, we can go back to that. This would be a fun, te- uh, fun case study. Thinking about that group that ballooned to 35 in those early days, you know, now sort of, you know, a, um, kind of on a, on a, a different much more clear-eyed season of your ministry and of your leadership, what do you, what would you, how, how would you identify who could be a leader in that group of 35? If you were hindsight being 2020, you could drop back in, got in the DeLorean, went back in the time machine to, to that season of ministry, and, um, and you were able to filter through now what you see as successful leadership development how would you identify within a group yeah. who's ready to be a multiplying leader? Yeah, great question. I think I think the the idea there is the same thing that I teach uh, pastors and church planters when they're planting churches, that 
the same question, who, who is going to be your first elders, right? Or who are you going to um, prepare and equip to be an elder? And, and I think the answer for that is, is two things. One, you are defining, right? The profile of an elder. And then, and then number two, you are just head up on a swivel, seeing who is already doing the profile without the title. Mm. And I think that's the idea of every leadership area is that I'm creating definition for what this leadership position is. And then I'm going to invite people in, either one, seeing their potential to, to meet this profile, or I'm inviting people in who are already living out the, the small group leader profile. So in other words, to, to make this applicable to this conversation, uh, you know, if I'm leading a group and, a, and it grows and it's ready to branch and multiply, um, I think, I think the the goal then is is who in my group is already small group leading mm-hmm. without the title small group leading. Right. Who's showing up? Who's engaging? Um, who is at a place of of already modeling the DNA? Um, and I think that that begins to create a, a clear leadership trajectory where even small group leaders leadership doesn't just become like a popularity contest and it doesn't become like, who are the most relationally extroverted people mm-hmm. we can get into these leadership positions? Yeah. It truly becomes, here's the, the core competencies of the profile of the small group leader. Now let's, let's see who is, is, is living that out as and, and no one's going to do it perfectly. Not even small group leaders are. But but we're we're moving towards towards that profile, closing the gap in that profile. And and you That's mentioned awesome. head, heart, hands earlier. And when I say leadership profile, it could be as simple as that, mm-hmm. right? Like, what what do we want our small group leaders to have as their small group leadership profile? With head knowledge, right? With heart motivations and character, and hands experiences. So, so what kind of experiences do small group leaders need or those who are potentially going to be a small group leader? What kind of, uh, you know, gospel fluency and um, gospel motivations are these people living out already, these potential leaders living out? And then knowledge is, is what are some baseline foundational, you know, pieces of Christian theology about the Bible that we would want them to know? And, and that could all happen within a small group leader training. And, uh, and so, so, you know, for me, that's, that's kind of how I always operate anyway, regardless of the team that I'm leading or leaders that I'm leading is, is kind of creating definition where everyone knows, Hey, here's the profile of the small group leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm just being sensitive, right. To who's living that out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I'll start having shoulder tapping conversations. Yeah, you know, face to face coffee meetings of, hey, have you have you thought about this? I see this in you, kind of stuff. Right, right. And I think that's what I would want to empower our small group leaders with is, <clears throat> I can give you a lot of clarity as the pastor over small groups for what does a successful small group leader look like. Um, you know, for almost all of you, for all of you, it's you know, a look in the mirror. You are a successful small group leader. You are doing a great job of creating community for people. Um, and our church loves you and loves your leadership. Um, and then, but beyond that, like I can help you create clarity about that definition. Um, but you, that last piece that Greg said that I really, I really love, I really want you to internalize 
um, is the power of tapping someone on the shoulder and having an I see in you conversation. I would not be where I am today without several of those conversations. I've had many of those with every, every leader that has meant a lot to me along the way from, uh, from Brandon, our senior pastor, to Billy, um, our Connection Network director, to Greg sitting across the table from me, to Clint Clifton, who has meant the world to me, to Colby Garmin. So many conversations along the way where people have invited me into an environment, not to, not to hand me a title, which is really important about what Greg said, but to invite me to embody a set of tasks, to begin to to, to, yeah, to embody a profile. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, not not to give, and, and that's not what we're, we're not looking to just crown people with a title of connect group leader or small group leader. Uh, we are looking to embody the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, the way that we love and care for people. And a small group leader is just one embodiment of that. Uh, and it's, it's primarily geared around community. But that's what I want you to internalize from, from what Greg just said is, um, a sense of the the value of inviting people um, to another um, level of participation, um, but also um, to to be able to have some vision for what uh, for what that leader should look like and embody. Um, so, kind of wrapping up our time, I want to I want to hear from you, Greg. What um, how can what, what, what should or what does the journey look like a lot of times for a small group leader going from, um, from a small group leader to becoming a church planner? How does, how does a church find um, church planters from within its small group ministry? Yeah, I think uh, that's, the, that's the question, right? That's the question that, that churches all over North America are asking. That's the question that pastors in Ukraine and Poland are asking is what does it look like to develop small group leaders from within? Mm -hmm. And I think, first of all, um, the church as a whole has to model that DNA, right? If, if the church is not modeling uh, church planting uh, intentionality, but one one spoke of the the churches, maybe one pastor of the churches, it's not going to catch, right? And I've seen it over and over and over and over again. So it has to start with the church, and and it has to then seep into the culture. So so in other words, if I'm getting into the ocean to swim around in the DNA, right, of like connection church, uh, a huge part of that is is like it's church planting culture. And I'm not like getting over here into another pool. That's a, that's the church planning culture, right? And then over here's the the discipleship pool, and over here's the the local missions pool, and then over here's the the kids ministry and the student ministry pool. And I mean, it, it really has to become a distinctive, right, part of the DNA. And 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 then I would say, if you are a small group leader um, in a context like that, um, it will be it will be natural, mm. right? There, there will be a current that will take you from small group leader to small group coach to um, maybe uh, like ministry apprentice to church planting resident to church planter. And um, if you're not in a culture like that, 
then I would say that the, the idea would be to um, continue to think, first of all, about faithful next steps. And so, so most churches don't have that. So what I, did, what I just did was I, I created like a, a utopia of what I think a church culture should look like, okay? <laughs> yeah. Most churches aren't going to have that. So, so what I encourage small group leaders and small group pastors and discipleship pastors and equip pastors or whatever the titles are, these pastors who serve with small group leaders is to always challenge their people with what is their faithful next step. Every, I mean, every 90 days, what is your faithful next step? What is your faithful next? And it's not, it's not like magnifying glass on me as a, as how am I going to grow here? How am I going to practice humility or practice another fruit of the spirit? Right. But it is, what am, what is my net faithful next step in being a part of building the kingdom, right? right? Beautiful. And, and, and that could be going from leading one small group to now being a coach of three small group leaders. Uh, it could be multiplying your group, mm-hmm. right? Um, but if you keep taking faithful next steps, regardless of the context that you are in, regardless of the context that you're in, I'm talking... Eastern Europe to North America to the Bible Belt, right? At eventually, that next faithful next step will be something around the church planting space, the church planting concept. Maybe you're not going to be a church planter, but maybe you'll say yes to being on a church planting team. Mm-hmm. And 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 I, I say this all the time, and I and I want to give my life to championing this this kind of great commission value centric living because i do think saying yes to the mission of jesus in the form of making disciples through right the vehicle of church planting is the greatest yes that you can can put on the table right it's it's the greatest adventure that your life can have it's the greatest story that your kids and grandchildren can can tell about your life and 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 it's i think because theologically it's alignment with what God is doing in the world with his glory unfolding towards the nations. Mm-hmm. And, and so your faithful next step as a mom and a dad, who's leading a small group right now. And, you know, uh, the state of Georgia, it is not to maybe move to Warsaw, Poland and train pastors to plant churches, but it is to show up for the next three months mm-hmm. faithfully mm-hmm. and and steward what God has entrusted to you mm-hmm. while always saying, what's my next faithful step, mm-hmm. right? And it might be the the, the four or five families who are coming and, and now you're you're sending out another small group leader and, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But, but don't stop asking that question in your life of following Jesus. Mm-hmm. What is my next faithful next step? And then some of, and, 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 and God sovereignly in his providence um, will work where some will become church planters. Some will be on church planting teams. Some will participate in uh, crazy amounts of prayer for church planting ministry. Some will give crazy amounts of generosity financially to church planting work. Um, but it will all begin to point towards this because this is what God is doing in the world. His glory unfolding to the nation's through the planting of churches. And so it, it's it's almost like if you keep saying yes to your your faithful next step, you will eventually lo- align with God's scope 
right of his redemptive plan. Wow. Yeah, we uh, all of us need to go back and listen from about minute 42 to uh, or right about now. Greg just said something for sure. Man, that was really well, <laughs> well said. Thank you, brother. That was really beautiful. And um, the idea of, of being able to, like, I don't think any follower of Jesus that has the Spirit of God living in them could think about the idea of hearing the phrase, I want to align my life with what God is doing in the world and not be so deeply connected to that thought, to want to be a part of that. Um, And what's beautiful is that you can be, and God has made it really clear how we can be in his word. Um, So, yeah, I I mean, so much, so much of that, that, uh, you know, I, I feel like I need to go back and just listen to that and, Uh, do a whole other episode kind of around that idea. Um, But there is one question I want to kind of wrap up with, with this um, very, very simple um, question that I just want to tee you up to answer. Um, Is personal discipleship, is making disciples optional for every follower of Jesus? No, it's not optional. I think, I think the idea is if we, again, apply this, what is my faithful next step? I, you know, to that idea, to the, the question you just asked me, um, I think that then we're on a trajectory of growth mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I, 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 I often think that this, there's a, I often say there's a difference between saying yes to following Jesus and saying yes to the mission of Jesus. And there's a, there's a, a, a gap of space in between that. And, and that gap of space is called your own personal discipleship mm-hmm. and how you grow from being a spiritual child to a spiritual parent. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of gap in there, right? Mm-hmm. And you can see that in how we even raise children and Paul's language of, of how he talks about discipleship and, and what you're supposed to, to give to spiritual children, right? In the form of milk and not meat. And and so I think that the, the ultimate goal of our walk with Jesus is not Jesus and me in my Bible in my bedroom with the door closed. And that's, that's it. I, I, think, I think the goal is to, to eventually keep saying yes to a next step of growth. And then you are becoming a disciple making disciple. Mm-hmm. But, but it, again, it, it, it comes with definition. It comes with clarity and uh, and I'll just kind of close with this: if if you're if you're following Jesus right now, your relationship with Jesus is all about you. I would characterize you probably as a spiritual child. This is this is you know how the church serves me. This is how the small group serves me. This is what small group leadership is doing for me. Even if you're a small group leader, you're a spiritual child, right? The language is me, 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 me centered. If you're following Jesus right now, even as a small group leader, and you begin to start, your language is, is more others, and I'm serving, and I'm serving, and I'm serving. Now we're starting to see from spiritual child to spiritual young adults, right? But we're not quite to disciple making. We're, you see a lot of serving language, meeting needs language, and, and all that's amazing and fantastic. But I think there's a shift in our walk with Christ where we then take a next step of going from serving others 
to then asking the question, how, how am I multiplying myself? And that, that's the, that's the, the end goal right. of, of what we want to get to. And to, to bring one, one additional piece, of what Greg is saying, what he's saying is that that's not an optional journey for every follower of Jesus. That is the, that is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. That is, that is Matthew chapter four, when Jesus calls the first disciples and says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Right. Basically, I will make you disciple makers. A face that came to mind for me in our church to try to make this very tangible is Jessica Navarro. Jessica is uh, a, a single young adult that models what it means to not make her life about herself. She serves as a small group leader. Um, she sings sometimes on Sunday morning. Um, but the best things that that Jessica does in modeling an other's first life, very few people see. The way that she she's came and watched my kids, she's came and watched uh, other people's kids for them to go and do ministry things for them and, and to be a ministry to, to us as parents, for us to be able to have date nights and time together or to be able to do stuff with friends. And um, Jessica also makes disciples. She meets with people for the purpose of helping other people grow. And it's not just um, surface level serving, but it is deep, meaningful um, ministry that she makes disciples. And so that was the, and I, and I say her name and I, I highlight her because I think a lot of people know Jessica because she's very relationally connected in our church. And she's very, um, she's got a huge friend group of people. You know, Jessica's one of those people in our church that has a universal approval rating, right? Just, you know. Shout out Jessica. Shout out Jessica. Um, but that's, I want. I, I just want to issue a little bit of a challenge to us as a small group community. Bec- you leading a small group matters. You uh, creating community in our church matters. But we all have to be on a journey towards making disciples, towards becoming spiritual parents that can multiply ourselves into other people. Um, I wanted you to hear that challenge from Greg uh, at the end. And so... Um, Anything else you want to close with? No, I think that's great, man. Thank you so much for for having me on this podcast. I'll be praying for your small group leaders and Thank you. and uh, your leadership there. And I pray that um, there's many small groups who multiply uh, because of the efforts of, of what you're doing here, brother. Yeah, me too. Um, I would say hopefully you get to meet some of these folks maybe in June. They will all be in the Philippines together, um, eating balut. Yeah, I hope so. Praise and, God for that. Uh, getting to see James. So... Um, But hey, that's our time. Thank you guys for joining us today. And we will see you uh, very soon.